And we're back on City of Champions podcast. Guys, we did it. Episode 10. Hit double digits. Thank you so much for the support. Really appreciate it. And I'm going to continue pumping these out pretty much until somebody tells me to stop. And even then, I'll keep going. Um, Just past the Edmonton Civic election where we had 31.5% of voters turn out. Don Iveson absolutely cleaned up with 72.5% of the votes. Good on Don. Uh, my guest today is Jordan Hertner from CTV Morning Live. Jordan is the traffic specialist and entertainment host. It was a real pleasure having Jordan on the podcast as she's an incredibly smart, fun, energetic, well-spoken, and insightful individual. Uh, we talked about Jordan's path into the broadcast and journalism world, the art of the interview, and what goes on behind the camera, a little insider info. So sit back and enjoy my conversation with Jordan Hertner. Thank but, God. but that being said, I want to talk about a few things. Um, okay. The first of which is how awesome of a job you have. It's the best. Um, like, it's literally the best thing in the world. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even trying to embellish that. It's amazing. There's a couple of reasons that I see it as one of the best jobs in the world. Notwithstanding the fact you get to meet new people and try new things every day. Oh yeah. But you're just out there enjoying life and doing the coolest things. I'm just talking to people, mm-hmm. realistically, face to face. I'm getting to know people in our community. I'm getting to know different businesses and what makes people tick and what gets them excited. And it's so fun to share in somebody's passion and to learn about it. Oh yeah, I, I honestly think that, well, I know I have the best job. A lot of people wouldn't agree with that. They think they have the best job and mm-hmm. that's very fair. But mm-hmm. for me and uh, why I'm on this earth, I think I'm doing what I was meant to do. So what's your favorite part of it? If you could pick one thing. Okay, so I mean, I do a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, but well, it, you're a traffic expert. So yeah. What does that mean? Well, that's funny in itself. I'm a traffic <laughs> specialist. Specialist. Is the sorry. exact term that they give me, uh, and that's something that took a lot of time because I would have said I was directionally challenged before I started this job. Right. And now, I mean, the grid of Edmonton, it's quite easy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's numbers. Yeah. It's streets. It's not maps. LA. It's exactly. not New York. Yeah. So it's uh, quite easy to pinpoint where you are. Um, But yeah, it's just my job to deliver what's happening on a daily basis in the Mm -hmm. morning in traffic. So if there's a collision, if there's a stalled vehicle, anything like that, if we're seeing backups on the Hyundai, and it's typically the southwest leg of the Anthony Hyundai. What's with those people? I don't know. (laughs) There's too many people on that leg, and we need, uh, see, we need, this is why it's important to vote, because (laughs) where does the money need to go? Another lane on the Anthony Hyundai. Or more bike lanes. No, not more bike lanes. Or more public transit. People just gasped in horror. Not more bike lanes. (laughs) Six months out of a year, they're good, but... Right. I don't know. Um, so, sorry. Back to yeah. what you were saying. Okay. Because I have more questions about this. My only expertise in traffic is being stuck in it. But I want to hey. know, like, does it go deeper? Like, do you study, like, analytics with the traffic? Like, is there a, a whole analysis that goes on? Uh, not so much because, realistically, traffic's always changing. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't choose when somebody's going to get in a collision and right. where it's going to happen. But traffic happens when not just because of collisions. It's no, congestion. for sure. Yeah, and there's con- but there's construction, and that moves typically quite often. So yeah. it, it's always something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah, it, you base it on what you're seeing real time, GPS yeah. and everything. Right. Giving so you're not diving deep and predicting. You're just saying this is what's happening. No, I'm not right the now. weatherman. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Like I always wonder. So you're on a highway of say 80 or 90 kilometers an hour, and you're almost at a dead standstill. Yes. I try and picture what's ahead of me if it's not construction, and I just like, is it one person who did something stupid, and now everyone's like had to hit their brakes and stop? Like it just it, it could drives be a million it, reasons. It drives so. me mental what? though. You're like, why are we going so slow? If everyone can just be like reasonable and drive within a good following distance and not cut people off like can we not just make this work okay i have to say two things to this uh that's hilarious because somebody posted today that they were stuck they were on the quinnell bridge going eastbound on the white mud and then he said let me save you some time if you're stuck on the quinnell bridge there's nothing ahead because you typically think you're going to see a collision or something but when you get past whatever was bottlenecking Mm -hmm. and there's nothing that Mm kind of gets your well, of course. I mean, it sounds bad, but you find yourself thinking there better be a big freaking accident. Oh, there be <laughs> Someone not. better be hurt right <laughs> yeah. now because I'm late. Who's in the left lane going eighty? Well, it's interesting because I, I I like these kind of nerdy things, and I've taught or I've studied a little bit about what causes accidents. The number one and two causes of accidents: cell phone, cell phone, distracted Nailed driving. Yeah. Number two, do you know it? Um, number two. It's an Somebody obvious one. Too close? No, no. It's all. It's like distracted, but it's worse. It's worse than distracted driving. Yeah, in terms of severity, typically. Okay, but it's, it's impaired driving. Oh, impaired. Okay, yeah. yeah it's obvious. Sure. Yes. Uh, number three, and now this one will will throw you for a loop. Okay. It's not obvious. It's not speeding. Okay. It's driving too slow in the left hand lane. Hey, that's the worst. And it pisses people off. Yeah. I always maintain that it's not uh, aggressive drivers. It's pensive drivers it's hesitant drivers that cause the most trouble out there that's true Hmm, interesting now i have to ask you quickly your stance on a wave like i am all about a classic oh yeah (laughs) if i let you in because i'm a very courteous driver Mm -hmm. and i i do not mind letting anybody in but when you don't give me a classy wave for some reason it gets me going (laughs) it it bothers me so much i always throw up the wave especially why not how hard is it to do this and then everything you just feel good you're like okay well there we go there was some interaction between us but when some like you just let them in and you know you're doing a good thing and they don't give you that wave so the one thing that bugs me more than not getting the wave is when you have enough space and you've got your signal light on and you see the other person intentionally drive in to not let you in like it's going to seriously negative impact their day for the rest of the day and if they let you in their day's ruined oh yeah and you just look at them that's traffic for you. How dare you? Okay, so other than the traffic okay. and all like dealing with the complaints, because no one ever talks about traffic in a good way, so that must be kind of a hey, negative part of your job. at 6 in the morning, typically I'm saying, roads are clear and quiet, have a great morning. Yeah, get out there, and you're <laughs> yeah. like, I wonder if anyone's listening at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's what I do, and then I also get out and about in the community, and I have to say, I do love being in the studio. I think it's great. Live TV is uh, something to learn, and it's a whole different ballgame. But my favorite part of the job is for sure meeting people and seeing what they do in mm-hmm. life. So the segment is CTV Morning Live? Yes. Yeah. And you go out and if you were to put like a couple sentences on what your mandate is, what would it be? Uh, you know, and it's funny because it changes all the time, but I just have to go grab. The thing is, a lot of these now could be sold. So mm-hmm. it's not a commercial so much, but I'm. So I was at Upper Woods Furniture the other day, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, you go and you do 
an interview there and you get to know these people and you know you find out the interesting hooks about it so they can create anything like if you have an idea in your mind and you say you know what I want a really cool dining room table mm -hmm. but I can't find what I want they'll design it they'll sketch it up you can literally choose the tree you want you know those kind of things it's all Canadian wood so you have to find a story within what you're given yeah uh, even if it comes across as sometimes salesy right so you're just really trying to talk to interesting people, find out what they're about, and stuff that your viewers or listeners and, and everyone can kind of benefit from. Is that right? Yeah, and it, it can go any way. It could be a business, but it can be a non-for-profit too. Mm -hmm. You're honestly meeting everybody, or you're meeting talented people in the community too that maybe they sing, maybe mm -hmm. there can be anything. It's We cover every and anything, and those are my favorite stories just to meet these people because they love what they do yeah. and you you can feel that from them so i've seen you do things like skydiving fencing oh, yeah. riding in open cockpit planes all this yeah, really cool terrifying. fun stuff i'm sure it was but Never like again. now you've done that yeah and you can check it off the list uh is there any point where is any time a point where you're like oh, i really want to pursue this path like i really want to get into fencing but because i'm doing something different every day like your focus is just always on the next thing no, I have my own hobbies in life. I right. just like to try things though. You know, yeah. fencing was, I've heard it was a great workout. I did it for five minutes. I was sweating. Yeah. I would definitely try it again, but I have my own passions outside of work. Of course. Uh, and I typically, I try not to say no to anything that they throw my way. Yeah. So when they said, do you want to go up in a plane with an open cockpit? I said, heck yes. I realized really fast that that's not something that I want to do again. Okay. But I got to skydive with the Skyhawks. Yeah. That's insane. That's definitely a bucket list thing. Um, the one thing that I might say no to if they ever ask me is bungee jumping. Really? Yeah, so that's so not really up my alley. You'd skydive before bungee jumping? Oh, heck yes. What is it? Why? I don't know. I don't even know if I can answer that. I The idea of it terrifies me. Okay. Which may seem Because you can see death at the bottom. Like if, if you... you see well, yeah, like if you it jump out of a so plane, fast. you're like, it's so far away that I'll die, but I, you know, I can't even fathom it. But when you bungee jump, you see the raging river or the bed of, you know, the valley of rocks below you. I would think it's because... I don't fully know, but would there be more tragic stories surrounding bungee jumping? I think there are more stories. Let's look this up yeah. real quick. I think the stories surrounding bungee jumping mm -hmm. and maybe rates of not succeeding are higher than in skydiving. That's a really interesting question, and I don't think I've ever Googled that before. I think just being enough in the media, you see that stuff. Based on this short comparison, bungee jump jumping is safer than skydiving. No way! But in fact, they are both very safe if performed correctly, and that's the key. It could be very dangerous if okay. performed in the wrong way. Well, I was wrong. Side note, bungee jumping is fun for a while, but then you tend to get too used to it quite fast. Interesting. That's from Quora.com. Okay, maybe I would do it. I don't know, maybe that stat just changed my mind. I don't know. I haven't done either, but I've always wanted to. Skydive. Which is, yeah, which is oh, really yeah. weird because like I was a little bit of an adrenaline seeker as a younger kid and, and had a motorcycle for a couple years okay. and did all that stuff. I, don't, I just don't know why I haven't done the skydiving, but when I I think now it would take me longer to jump out of the plane than five, ten years ago. The thing is when you're strapped to someone, it, there's no time. Right. You, you have no time. It's not up to you. Yeah. You walk out, and the, that was the cool thing about this plane that we were in. It didn't have the little side door that was off. Mm -hmm. Typically, you literally walked out of the back of the plane. So the right. whole time I was standing and I walked right out. Oh, like right a big out. cargo It thing. was amazing. That's yes, so cool. That's, that's cool. like James Bond Mission Impossible kind and of stuff. And it felt badass. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so what was going through your head when you jumped? 
was it was it fear of death or was it no. like a total surrender? I you know what at that point you I was just so excited. I don't even think I was that nervous overly. Uh, I didn't let myself get there. I just stayed in the exciting phase or the excited. Let's be excited. You're doing this. You have there's no point. Yeah. You can't back out now. So. He just, you know, he gave me the go-ahead and say, walk. I said, all right, let's walk. So nothing was going through my head. <laughs> Other than the rules, he tells you there are certain things you have to do when you fall, like looking right, and there's a certain way you have to have your hands and your feet. You kind of have to scorpion your back. Okay. So there's certain things that you have to keep so in mind, and that's around. all that's going through your head. Right. Yeah. You're like, I don't want to mess this up for him. Yeah, for me it would be just don't die, just don't die. Okay, I'm but still not But you're already like free-falling. Yeah. Even if you're, if you're going to die, you're dead right there. So <laughs> you might as well embrace the view. Um, yeah, because if you don't scorpion, I imagine you'd like roll over. It's kind of your, your body of starts things. waving or something. I don't know. What did you say yes to the squirrel suit? Do you know what the squirrel suit is? The people yeah, I do who jump know. Off? I do. Uh, what I say? I feel like that takes a lot of training, though, before you can okay, actually get Okay, as long as I, if I had the training, I mean, I would like to try. I would say almost anything at least once. Yeah. So, how much input do you have on like what they want you to do a story on? Do they tell you this is what you're doing, and then you take control from there, or yeah. how does that work? Yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, we have the creative staff they put things together and they say this is what you're going to do my boss came and actually asked me said what do you think of skydiving with the skyhawks and instantly i said yes (laughs) who are the skyhawks because i don't know the skyhawks they're a parachute team canadian parachute team and they do like synchronized stuff i imagine yeah they're with the army and stuff gotcha yeah they so when you go to any of the air shows or typically Mm -hmm. there they come along and they go the skyhawks like and the snowbirds they all do some pretty cool things right but the skyhawks are the ones who jump out of the plane and do formations I haven't seen it, but I'll have to check it out. It's impressive. I'm sure they only operate kind of in the summer months. Is that right? (laughs) I think so. Yeah. Um, So then how do you decide what you are going to, how do you connect like your audience to the story? What goes through your head in terms of thinking like, what, what can my audience gain for this or or what would they be interested in? I think that's the whole point of it. That's, Mm -hmm. you have to find that angle. Yeah. I think, and that comes down to every interview that you're ever going to do. It's not just myself. It's, you know, you yourself too. When Mm -hmm. you're interviewing anyone, you want to find what's compelling. Mm -hmm. You also want to pull on an emotional aspect or any emotion because feelings connect people. Right. So if you can, you know, find something that will make somebody feel something, typically you want to play that up. Okay. So is there a typical routine you go through or like certain framework questions that you start with and then dive deeper into it? No, I mean, you have to go into everything with your research, but you also don't want to rely solely on that because then you don't give an interview um, enough room to grow as it will naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's something it takes a lot of time to learn that and I've certainly I've only been in the industry for five years. It's something that I'm always learning. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, you just, like I said, you want to know who you're talking to, what you're going to going to be talking about, but uh, there's a point to where you have to say, okay, we have to let this just happen as it will. You can't always be thinking of the next question. When you're thinking of the next question, you're, you're not, not listening. listening. Yeah. And when you're not listening, you could miss something that would have led you to that golden soundbite or that moment that everybody would have said, wow, that made a really great interview, and I'm really intrigued and interested, and I want to keep listening. Right. And all because you were just too caught up on probably <laughs> what's next. Is it the why? Is it the where? Is it the when? How? Mm-hmm. So then it's a blend of like a lot of pre- um, preparation beforehand, and then just being in the moment during. Yeah, you, I mean, just like anything, you want to do your research because you don't want to come in not knowing what you're talking about. Freeze right? on television. Yeah. I can imagine the sweat would just start pouring off. I don't have a camera here, luckily, so it's, <laughs> it's a lot more relaxed and easygoing. Oh, yeah, when you turn a camera on, some people, they freeze. That's natural, though. Mm-hmm. But 
Well, you, even the microphone, it's amazing. Like, I'll, I'll invite guests and we'll just be having a nice, easy, relaxed conversation. And Are we just... recording right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, you didn't even realize. <laughs> no, I I've, I've started to use tools and tactics to to um, ease people into it. Like, I, See, that's exactly what you have to do, too. Like, I tell them I'm just going to start recording now, which I did tell you that, so you might you not have heard me. You didn't tell me that. When? How early? I, I said, Is I'm, this on the record? Right at the beginning. I'm I said, just I'm just going to start recording this. <laughs> did you record yourself saying that? Oh, that's a good question. There you go, because I'll I have could love... <laughs> we're in a court of law. <laughs> well, luckily you haven't said anything too compromising at this yeah. point, other than your political allegiances. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we'll see about that. Um, um, but yeah, I, I want to dig a little bit more into making someone feel comfortable. It, okay. How do, you, how do you manage that? Like if there's someone who just... You, it's just not getting it. it just Sometimes it doesn't it. happen though. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can want to make somebody feel very, very comfortable mm-hmm. and you just can't get there. They're just so hung up on the fact because they typically know that they're going to be on TV days before. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they sit and they stew on that and they don't sleep. I've had many people I'm going to interview say, I didn't even sleep last night. I didn't sleep the last two nights. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Yeah. And you know, you try your best. You go over what you're going to talk about. Mind you, you never give them the full list of questions. Right. That's something you do not do yeah. because they know what they're talking about. If, if you give them the questions beforehand, that's when you run into trouble, I mm-hmm. find, because they want to get out the exact answers that they rehearsed. And mm-hmm. then they find themselves tripping because they missed a little tidbit of information. Right. I think it's just, you know getting to know them talking about their day you're trying to break down walls so first you have to create some kind of rapport between the two of you mm-hmm. before you turn on the camera of course uh, and honestly depending on who you're talking to you have to change your tactics mm-hmm. if you're talking to a 75 year old lady it's gonna be different than the way you're approaching a 10 year old kid yeah you know what I mean and you've done every those and everything in between for I sure and, yeah. and you don't know you have to also think about what you're talking about you could be talking about something tragic or you could be talking about something very uplifting and beautiful mm-hmm. so there's so many different ways that you kind of have to chameleon yourself mm-hmm. uh, before you get started and is there a particular um, type of story you enjoy covering more than others do you like going with like the heavier hitting stuff no. or do you like keeping it light and light. fun and, yeah yeah I love touching stories I, it can be I mean, tragic, not so much tragic, but I love stories of um, success in the sense that maybe it could be success in every, any level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love, you know, hearing people's stories, whether it's them being out in the community. What do you do? What makes you happy? I don't love covering heavy news mm-hmm. uh, because I find, and not that like I'm a basket case, but I'm a bit too emotional. Okay, yeah. So I find that I take on the emotions right. a little bit too much. I find it hard to distance myself. Right. So Similar I, to a nurse that they just can't kind of pull themselves see, away and from I think that, that And even that, that's just such a, yeah. It, it, to me, first responders, nurses, anyone in that profession is incredible somebody who can do that and even then I find people you know like anyone who sits on a desk who can news anchor and Mm -hmm. can you know keep a straight face and can at the end of the day say I feel good you know Mm -hmm. and go home whereas I hold on to that and I think you just need to learn that about yourself yeah and know what you can and cannot do Mm -hmm. but yeah if I had to choose my favorite kind of story in life is something that makes me feel good yeah fair enough and I, I love think a feel good story that's probably what people like watching too the most I imagine is there anything that you've um, covered that really you took with you in life past that that news story is there anything that really hit home that you're like I never thought of it that way and and has, has been with you since 
wow, maybe I should have had a list of questions beforehand. I've done so much. Okay, I'll use an example. So okay. I was watching your video on um, when you're so with Shaw and you were covering uh, oh, that. Oh, you creeped me. You went back. I love I did, it. I didn't you creep. Did I researched. Research. <laughs> Creeping would be if I was trying to date you. Research is if I'm trying to interview. It's very it's specific. so far different. back, though. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay. No, and you were covering uh, fasting for Ramadan. Yes. And oh. it, it, was, it was so cool because I... I do a lot of reading and and fasting is something that keeps coming up that I just haven't really made the time to, sorry, it's hot in here. It's hot in here. I'm taking my sweater off. Uh, That Ramadan gets me fired up. It's like overly hot in here. I know. Here, let me open this door. I turned off the fan so it wasn't noisy. Okay, there we go. That's nice. A little little airflow. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so fasting is such an important part of, of so many cultures. So I just, to me, that seemed like a story that really could have had the potential to make an impact on you. And me watching it was very interesting as well. Uh, I have to admit, that's so funny that you pulled that because that was, it turned into something that ended up being very emotional for me and I did not expect that. So what happened was I was invited by this lovely family who were fasting and they were, they were, um, doing Ramadan and they said for at least one day would you like to join us Mm -hmm. and I said for sure I have some friends um, you know that are also fasting and I would love to just experience it yeah so what happened was uh, I mean as soon as the Sun comes up so I think we started because it was during the summer and Mm -hmm. you know long days you said three something a.m. like it started with a three it (laughs) It wasn't a four it was early early that and I mean everything's off the table water everything So yeah, I started it, I think it was about 3.45 in the morning, Mm -hmm. and what happened was I went all day Mm -hmm. fasting, and I only did one day, and uh, then I ended up breaking bread with them at about 11 at night. I went to their house, and they fed me, and did they feed me, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. But I felt emotional because, yeah, I struggled a bit during the day. I was hungry, I wanted to drink water. That was the hardest part. You just want to give your body something, and you can't. And I think at the end, when I knew that we were going to break bread and knowing why they do it, it's to kind of put themselves in other people's shoes who don't have the luxury of having food or water and to feel what it's like to have nothing. Um, But I got emotional at the end for the pure fact that we were about to break bread. I had done one day and I struggled and I knew I was going to have this feast. And so it kind of brought me, it brought me to tears a little bit thinking, you know, Look how lucky I am to be able to eat. Like people are still feeling this way throughout the night. Like mm-hmm. just because the sun's down doesn't mean all of a sudden there's a huge meal for them. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, I did. I struggled with that. I, I struggled, but I also uh, immensely enjoyed myself and the experience to be able to um, have with this family. And I felt like that right there was a way to experience another culture with no walls and to really just you know, bond and we did. So that was lovely. And how, how many days in a row do they do it for? Is it 40? Yeah. Thir- no, I think it's, that's 30. We'd have to Google that. That's terrible. I think it's, it's definitely over 30. Um, Ramadan, Ramadan. 30. 30. So that was that was kind of a crash course in gratitude for you. I'm sure oh. you're just like so grateful that you live in a place where you've got always access to food. You mm-hmm. don't, you know, never have to worry about that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, that's the perfect example. I'm glad I picked that one. <laughs> there you go. That's funny. I just, it was overwhelming in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about that too? They do it to be grateful, but if you really look at like biology behind. Um, behind fasting it's as well it's us. extremely good for mm-hmm. us even like one day a month mm-hmm. some people take it to like one or two days a week 
Um, but yeah, it's incredibly beneficial for the body and, and all sorts of things. So, yeah. um, how did you know, or when did you know that you wanted to go in this career that's atypical? You know, I kind of, I definitely lucked out with that. It's something that started young. I was in grade 10 and I started doing the on-air morning announcements. Oh, back, back home in Ontario. <laughs> yeah, and it's so funny because they had the <laughs> the box TVs or, you know, the tube TVs yeah. that you wheel into every classroom and we yeah. would do live on-air announcements. And it just started from that and I loved it. I started taking on side projects and it grew from there. And mm -hmm. It was something that, yeah, a lot of people can't say they found something that they knew they wanted to do at a young that age, especially early. that. At any point in life, exactly. actually. Exactly. So, oh, yeah, that. no, but it's true. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, I feel lucky that I did find that. And I had great teachers and, you know, they motivated me and they really instilled the passion by giving me side projects. Mm -hmm. And I think they could see and sense it that yeah. I wanted it and yeah. I was keen for it. So. Mm -hmm. For a long time now. So you went high school, you volunteered at Rogers in London, oh, Ontario. Oh, for a long time, yeah. yeah. And then went to Fanshawe for television and journalism broadcasting. Yeah, so I did two years of broadcasting, um, and then I did a year of my postgrad, which was broadcast journalism. Yeah, and then uh, hit the big city of Toronto to intern at Entertainment. You did your research. Oh, This is all easy, oh easy my stuff goodness, to find. So tell me about Entertainment Tonight. It was awesome. That yeah. was a great experience, and it's so funny because... I went into that thinking this is exactly what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And then you go there and I loved it. I learned a lot. But then I started thinking, well, is this what I want to do? Do I want to talk about entertainment for my whole life? Is this right. what I want to be known for? So then I started shifting. Well, I don't know if I think I want to talk about things a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, so I did two months there for my internship and it was a great experience. I, I met a lot of cool people, lovely people that taught me a lot. And uh, yeah, and then I moved on to Alberta. Alberta. So what were you doing at Entertainment Tonight? Sorry to circle back. I was doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, I, for a while, I was doing prompter. I was in the studio doing camera. I mm -hmm. was out on shoots taking notes. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of research. Yeah. <laughs> I was the research girl. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, anything. I was making a lot of coffee. Okay. You have to humble beginnings. Right. <laughs> of course. Never forget where you came from, Honestly, right? Honestly, I'm never going to be too good or too high up or high profile to wrap cables. You always have to, you know, <laughs> learn where you came from. And it's all of those people. Everybody, everybody contributes to the end goal. Yeah. A lot of hands. So when you're in broadcast, it, is it fair to say that most people have a pretty good understanding of all the different jobs? Do people always come up doing it that way? Sort of a little bit of this, a little bit of that, the technical aspect, the cameras, the research, the talk. I think everybody there. has their own journey. Yeah. Uh, that was my journey. Mm -hmm. And it really helped me because I ended up in Fort McMurray yeah. at Shaw, which mm -hmm. is greatest experience. I have to give a shout out to Fort McMurray because I love, love Fort McMurray. And I was terrified to move there because of what I had heard, what I had read. and. Right. Uh, my preconceived notions were shattered. It turned out to be the best three years. And especially with work, I got to do everything. I was hosting, I was doing camera, I was reporting, I was scripting, mm -hmm. you name it, I was doing. Yeah. Well, I asked that question because I have a few friends in broadcast and they want to, they've told me they want to actually get to where you are one day and, 
And um, what a traffic specialist. <laughs> yeah, well, to be on camera and to be doing the stories. I mean, maybe the traffic stuff aside. Yeah. We won't worry. We won't have to worry about traffic in a few years with self-driving cars. Oh, so you better sure prepare might. for that transition because you you're going to be out of a job. Years? I don't know, or a few decades, whatever yeah, it is. I'm going to talk into a few years. Okay, ten to twenty. Let's let's agree on that. Okay. That's a happy medium. But eventually, that's <laughs> not going to be a problem anymore, right? Okay. <laughs> okay so we can talk about that too um but so anyway i just wanted to know like because there a lot of them are struggling with what should i focus my time on like am i just wasting my time learning the camera aspect of it like the you're never wasting aspect? any time if you're learning right okay. ever you always want to be and that's why it's so important to find mentors and I mean, you're learning. Mm -hmm. Are you really wasting any time? And the thing is about TV, you've seen it 30 years ago. That's when there was somebody for every role. Mm -hmm. As slowly the industry changes and evolves, uh, people are taking a lot more than just the one role. Like I said, I was right. doing, you know, from start to finish a story. Yeah. There wasn't all these different hands in the pot. It was all me. So, I mean, the more you know, the better you are. Right. So if on camera, if the opportunity to be on camera never presented itself, would you have fallen back to a different position? Oh, goodness, yes. And that's the thing for me. TV was always more than just being in front of the camera. Right. That wasn't, and it is still to this day. That's why I feel so lucky. I also work for the Oilers. I get behind mm -hmm. a camera. I still get to exercise those uh, skills that I have. And I love that. And I would love to probably down the road take a backseat to producing. Mm -hmm. I think television in general is just so intriguing and that's why I ended up doing schooling the route that I did. I did two years of behind the scenes so mm -hmm. I could learn that. I never wanted to just be that face in front of the camera. I wanted right. to have the knowledge of what people and what things were happening behind of course, to make yeah. it all work. So. Yeah. Well, it's the same way you work in a restaurant. You don't immediately start managing, right? You start as a dishwasher at yeah. 17 or 18 at, <laughs> at Earl's in Vancouver and then you move your way up to appetizer cook and yeah, then salad some of those are my favorite stories you talk to people who now are ceos or who manage these high high companies and you ask them how they started and they started at the bottom they just put in their time yeah that's brilliant i love those kind of stories <laughs> too yeah so then you made the move from fort mac to edmonton I did. five hours south and started working with shaw yes. and then made the jump to ctv yeah. And that's where we are today. Here we are. Here we are. Uh, yeah. And you've been with them for how long now? A year? About a year and a half. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So you said you work cameras for the Oilers games. Yes. Now, do you find that having been working in television broadcast behind and in front of the camera makes you a better sports cameraman? Camera woman, sorry. Yeah. Camera right. person. For... <laughs> I didn't mean to right microaggression term? What is you. the correct term? <laughs> camera person. Camera off. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it more relaxing being on the behind the camera? Do you think, do you find it's just like, it takes less mental bandwidth before you jump into the gig? It can and it can't, depending on what you're shooting. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you can have an off day with your looks and not think twice, you yeah. know what I mean? Whereas sure. when you're in front of the camera, you always have to be on point and mm -hmm. you really have to be thinking about what you're saying. And so I guess in that regard, yeah. When you're behind the camera, you're shooting. <laughs> do you ever get frustrated being behind the camera and say, I could do it better on the other side of the camera? No, I mean, everybody, not that I'm, you're judging, but there's always, uh, people probably say that to me too, that they could do a better job. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to throw, who knows? I don't know if I could do a better job. I could, 
That's a hard question. Okay. I don't like that question. Okay, well, yeah, that's fine. You can choose not to answer, okay. but I take a hard question as a good question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you ever think that you could do a better job? No, that's not what I meant. What I meant was, is it frustrating having been on both sides of it to be on one, you're stuck behind, not stuck, but you're behind the camera and then to not have control of what's going on on camera. You know no, not I mean? so much. The thing that I enjoy about both is I have control in a different way. Right. Okay. You know, I have control of how I frame it, how I see it. And, but don't get me wrong, that can be a negative because you're watching sports and you're watching certain interviews. And I'm like, where's the headroom? You're cutting off his head. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Well, that, yeah, and that's exactly it. That's, that's kind of what I meant. Like, yeah, but know. it's also the same. Do you ever watch movies and it, maybe you'll start to, as you get more into the career that you're in and maybe with podcasts you do this but when mm -hmm. I watch movies too if I see an amazing camera shot I have to like pause it and rewind it I'm like did really? you guys see that and they're like what Jordan yeah I'm, I'm like, not oh, I'm not I'm there not yet watching it in the right way yeah I'm, I'm sort of one foot in both in both uh, camps there for example um I watch it I can appreciate it but I don't think it takes me out of the moment yet because I still like movies for the tuning in and just watching it yeah. um, but my last week's guest Mike Maxis who's a director he watches movies in a completely different way he says he barely even focuses on like the story and the plot of the movie so much as like the shot composition oh, and yeah. he's constantly analyzing and 100%. thinking what do I like about this what don't I like yeah. about this can I use this in a way that might benefit me yes yeah. literally and it's hard to shut that off right but that I think is an indication that you really love what you do it is yeah uh, you mentioned off days, and I wanted to go there. Do you have? Do you not that I've seen you have any? But do you have a routine? Lies. Do you have any anything that that even if you're having a bad day gets you into the mind frame of I'm here to work, I've got a job to do, I'm gonna block out all that external stuff. Oh, you just do. Yeah. You, I mean, for me, you tell yourself that that's good enough because there's nothing. When I walk into work, that's the forefront mm -hmm. of what is my day. That is all I'm thinking about. And realistically, like I love life. I don't typically have too many distractions going on at home. And when I do, I usually deal with those right away. Right. I'm not someone who stews. Mm -hmm. uh, so usually if there is a big issue, and to be honest, I think I've lucked out because it's not like I've had any family issues or you know somebody maybe in the hospital or something that was really taking my mind off of where I was in that moment. Right. So I think, just learning to shake something like that off. Sometimes you need to take five in the mirror yeah. and give yourself that one, two, let's go. Power pose? No, seriously, power yeah. pose. Yeah. I'm not joking. And talk yourself down. Mm -hmm. You're okay. You're mm -hmm. going to get your energy up. You're going to feel this. It's going to be a good show. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and perspective I think that's okay. is probably huge too. Oh, yeah. You're like, I've done thousands of stories and this is just one. And in a week, this one won't really matter. Yeah. And I'll be on to the next one. For sure. So it's it's all about just, I think, keeping that And in it's mind. the thing too is not letting that... If you do mess up because I do so many live hits in a morning mm -hmm. to not let that get you down because that will set the tone for the rest of the show right you have to let that one go and say the next one it's gonna be good I'm going yeah. for it because like you said everybody has off days mm -hmm. and uh, it's just hard when you're in the spotlight <laughs> to have an off day and turn your phone on do not disturb and always turn your phone on do not <laughs> did disturb. did you do it I see two of them on the table here yes you did. two phones on the table and they are both silent excellent I've had a couple go off, and I, not that I really care. That will like, not yeah, happen to me. At the end of the day. But it, I do think that genuinely it takes people out of the moment. Like you, oh, for sure. You're at dinner with someone or coffee or anything. Or and, church. Or church, That's sure. the worst. Yeah, that's the movie prob theater. probably not great. And i got to take this, it's God. I'll be back. i got to take this, it's God. <laughs> that, I can Could see, would imagine? be the only excuse that would get you out of that. i got to take this, it's God. I like so, that. 
So tell me about your coworkers, because on your Instagram story, you have a ton of fun with these guys. Oh, and they're the it best. just seems like the most fun team. They're incredible. So yeah, I work with Stacy, Rob, and Corey. Uh, I work with so many people. There's actually, those are the faces that you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the amount of people that put so many hours and so much hard work into the show, it's incredible. So, you know, they they are definitely what make us all look successful at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah the rapport that we have is real what you see is raw it's not us trying to put on some fluff it's it's taken a little bit of time i mean you know me coming in as a newbie i think for anybody you you have to get to know me to know what i'm all about and it takes a little while i don't know what i'm doing first and foremost so i was just nervous you know doing my job in front of the green screen let alone trying to create a rapport and getting to know everyone uh but now now being a year and a half in it's just easy it flows it works and we just all have such respect for each other and uh yeah we really enjoy one each other one another so and obviously you get to see the behind the scenes stuff following you on social media um is the rapport almost more relaxed off the camera than on the camera? Oh, it's the same. On, on camera, do you have to be a little bit more professional? Oh, or goodness, ha- yes. have times changed? Oh, no, no. You definitely have to. Well, you know, I think our whole mantra is, you know, put a little fun in your morning. Mm-hmm. You know, we are trying to bring a smile every day to people. Yeah. But uh, who we are is the exact same on camera and off camera. It's just I think we probably would poke a little bit more fun and have a be a little bit more offside yeah exactly (laughs) so i hope you're prepared for this because you always seem to jump on other people but words of wisdom for the day oh my goodness don't you love that that's the best okay Corey adel i don't even think people look at my instagram stories for me anymore no i should create just an instagram account for Corey adel's words of wisdom yeah 100 so how is he i always wonder is he prepared does he know that you're gonna ask him every day this is all secret this is the mystery okay well of course he knows i'm gonna ask him every day but he doesn't know when yeah Okay, so I, so I would, if it were me, it. I would try and think of something early in the morning. So he does I got that, yeah. yeah. Because he knows I typically give him at least forty-five minutes at the start of the day before I come right. after him. Okay. And then it's games on. Okay. So what's Which yours? Is, what are mine? Well, I'm not the one who does the words of wisdom. I film the words of wisdom. Yeah, but you've also asked several people, not just Corey. So yeah. I'm asking you, what are your words of wisdom for the day? Well, it's, uh, my words of wisdom for the day. Take no, <laughs> okay. I I should say something uplifting. Um, my words of wisdom for the day: Don't burn bridges. That's actual words of wisdom, mm-hmm. not cheesy words of wisdom. That's true. Don't do it. Just don't do it because you just never know. <laughs> okay, I like it. Um, because I know you're gonna ask and me. And also think too: six degrees of separation is a lie. Yeah. I think it's probably like three or four. Well, that was that was created long time yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. Right? Now with social media, it's probably two or three. Oh yeah. Like I'm doing research for a project in China and it's amazing. These people I've never heard of before. It's like, oh, you have this person in common. Exactly, see one. Yeah, exactly. Okay, words of wisdom. Words of wisdom for the day are, a smile is a great and cheap way to improve your looks. That's beautiful. I think so. I love that. Thank you. Isn't there another one that's like, you're not dressed up until you have a smile or you're not fully, I don't know what it is. Adding a smile never hurt anyone. And smile to strangers. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Some people cause happiness uh, when they talk, and some people cause happiness when they leave. Oh, that's <laughs> That's a sad Be one. Be one, one or the other. And yeah. choose the first one in life. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the future of television and where you think it's going and okay. your future in it. 
I don't know where my future is in it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. good so far. Mm-hmm. Where that goes, I do not know. Right. However, I would love to produce one day mm-hmm. something uh, behind the scenes. I think that would be a lot of fun to take on. Uh, the future of television. Well, that's that's a loaded question right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's evolving, yeah. is what I think. It, a lot of people say it's dying. I don't believe that. We right. need journalists. We yeah. need people who can tell a story and who can do the digging and mm-hmm. you know go find it and... Uh, so I think it's evolving. Okay. How exactly that will evolve will evolve when it comes down to television as it is when you go and like you get a television box. I yeah. don't know. A lot of people are just going to social media to find right. the news. But we do need journalists to continue doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's just who knows? Maybe Netflix will take on some form of. Uh, television station and you can watch live news there who knows there's so many different routes it could go yeah and it is changing and some of the cuts are very unfortunate it's very sad to see um, but it is also a very exciting time mm-hmm. because like I said I don't believe it's dying right well communication is never gonna die only the exactly. platform is gonna change right it's changing see yeah. it's evolving yeah like that exactly um, do you see or are you guys adapting to any form of new technology or new social media strategy or anything of that nature? Like, are you guys staying with the times or is it status quo right now? Well, you try to change with the times where you can. I think there's always changes coming mm-hmm. and not that maybe I overly know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you just go with the flow and you just try to be as present, like you said, on the computer as you can because that's a very, very important tool right now. Yeah. Yeah, people want the instantaneous yes, access. They, they want the unfiltered stuff too, right? Yes, I think so. I think you're going to see a lot more live. I think you're going to see probably a reduction in the in the um, in the prod uh, production quality. Yeah, I think you're just going to see like more unfiltered, unfettered access. And I think that's fair. Live is a great way to get information to people right then, right now, and that's what people want right now. Yeah, it's Nobody all bite-sized, yeah. few seconds at a time. Exactly. But what's great is people take the time to listen to these type of long format conversations because these don't typically happen in life. Like when's the last time you sat down with someone for 45 minutes and had a conversation? I went on a date on Saturday night. Oh, tell us about okay. it. Okay, <laughs> well, no, what? Well, you mentioned it. I Well, I was just saying I actually had a really lovely long chat and it's okay. so nice. And this is another thing that I find, okay, now I'm newly single in life. Mm-hmm. Well, not so new, but new enough. Right. And I find that there's a lot of people that don't maybe live the same life I do. I know what's happening in the news mm-hmm. because I live it every day. Yeah. Of course I know. And it's so refreshing to talk to somebody who kind of shares that. There's a lot of people that don't, you know, a lot of men mm-hmm. that don't follow whether you know you can find it anywhere whether you read a newspaper you watch the news Mm -hmm. whether you go online there's a lot of people that just don't follow it and they think it's because or they say it's so negative that they just don't care to Mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's a bit of a cop-out I think to a degree I know there's a lot of bad things happening in the world but I also think it's good to be informed right and not that that's what we need to sit there and talk about but there's something to be said when you can have a conversation about whatever is happening you know in the last few days in our world Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, it could be a cop-out for some people, but I think there's information overload. Oh, um, goodness, yes. And I think, you know, to sit down and spend 10 minutes a day watching the news that doesn't fit in everyone's life or lifestyle, right? For you know, sure. Some people wake up at 6 and it's go, go, go until 8, 9 p.m. And they just don't have the time to consume that kind of stuff. Um, being informed is important. I agree. For me, my stance has always been... Be especially informed in the things that directly affect you. And well, and that's just it. See, I this is my life, so I love to share. Exactly. Yeah. And I love to have somebody that could 
match me and actually have a discussion on that. Right. Yeah. Um, Which I think is fair to say. I yeah I agree. Uh, Do you? The your face. Your face was like, "Do you?" Well, the problem is just that, like, I think I think there's a limit for me. Um, there's definitely a limit. Oh goodness, are you kidding me? I think for everyone, there's a limit, mm-hmm. and there should be. After three and a half hours, even after the first forty-five mm-hmm. minutes, sometimes I'm like, "Today's a hard day in news." Yeah. There are certain days that are easier than others. That's for sure. I'll I'll use a recent example. Obviously, the tragic shootings in Vegas. Um, for me. And I've never, like, I don't do this. I, I watched the news for 10 minutes on CTV and I felt so terrible after. I'm, you know, I'm happy that I was informed on it, but it was on for days on end mm-hmm. and days and days in co- of coverage. And it was just like, I wonder who watches all of this and I wonder how that affects them. Um, like, it's, it's good to know and it's good to be able to have the conversations that can help deter this kind of thing from happening mm-hmm. again or prevent it so we're aware because I think awareness is the first step sure. in in having these things not repeat themselves. Um, but at the end of the day, you're kind of on a merry-go-round of, <laughs> of just downward spiral of badness. Well, that's why badness, love, great that's, word. <laughs> badness, no, it's true. That's why I love... Um, happy news and that's why I love to do the stories that I get to do in the city because Mm -hmm. those bring some joy well to me anyways (laughs) yeah well I think we've spent enough time in this schwitz here it's Uh, hot in here it's super hot you should invest in a fan actually that might throw everything off no the whole we have we have AC in here well I I would beg to differ well, I turned it off. So we <laughs> My could feet hear are you. literally sweating. Are they? <laughs> yeah, mine too. Anyway, well, Jordan, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks I hope so uh, I hope you enjoyed yourself, and I uh, hope that um, I ask questions that you can maybe think about in the future. I have to say, it's interesting being on this side. Yeah, I'm I thought never I on thought this it, side. I thought it might be. It's a little bit nerve wracking. Was there anything that you were worried I was going to ask you that I didn't? No, you know what? I didn't even know what we were going to be talking about today. So that was funny. I came in with absolutely no idea. And typically when you do an interview, there's a little bit of a breakdown of what mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about. Well, that when, wasn't the case today. When I first asked you, when we when you we met at Local, when I was serving you and your friend there, I said that I want to interview you on the art of the interview. Did we get there? Well, we talked a little bit about how you make people feel comfortable, what you think they're, what you think they're interested in, how you put yourself in their shoes, mm-hmm. their perspective. But I think really... You know, it's the same as anything. You just, what would I be interested in? And mm-hmm. and that typically, you know, fits the demographic. And I think uh, the most important thing is, well, if, for me anyways, just let it happen naturally and play off what they're talking about. Don't mm-hmm. always have the next question ready in your mind. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty of that too. I mean, I look at the computer a little bit and, you know, it's just... You want to have a good conversation yeah. and you don't want to get stuck. And then you start thinking about it and then you're overthinking. Yeah. And I think actually we said this, another thing, and this is really hard. I find it hard for myself. You probably, I think you said you find it hard. Silence is okay. Mm-hmm. And you don't always have to fill that void. Yep. Whereas so many people try to jump on with, and, and that's usually, especially if you're talking about something hard, um, that's where the person might give you the next sound bite. If you just let that silence be a lot of times they'll continue talking. Right. Yeah. Marlon Brando said, embrace the silence. I love it. All right. I'll let you go. Thanks for coming out. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Really appreciate the support as always. Go find Jordan on Instagram at jhertner. That's J-H-E-R-T-N-E-R. On Instagram, follow her behind the scenes stories. Uh, wildly entertaining. Uh, And please subscribe to this podcast. I need you guys and I want you guys. Thanks. Have a good day.